0: You're listening to Super Power Up with multidimensional master, superpower expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Tonya Don If you're ready to disrupt reality, then sit down, strap in, and prepare to experience the show that proves there is no spoon. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Rekla, your superpower expert. And as part of our Disrupt Reality series today, I have oh, this is an amazing woman. Like, it's just like, I'm kind of like in awe, like I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. Like And maybe you have to kind of know the world that we come from um, to understand just how impactful this woman has been. But but I'm gonna do my darndest to help you understand that because I think it's important that we know that it takes a single person's courage to truly create the waves that that changed the world. And so today's conversation is all around ideas that changed the world. And Jill Chambers is joining me and and she is the absolute embodiment of somebody who had the courage and listened to her guidance and um, umwit Way swimming upstream um, in an extreme way um, in a world that a lot of us never have an opportunity to enter into. So, so Jill is a retired colonel from the United States military, and um, she's been inducted into the Army Women, Army's Women's Hall of Fame in, in 2015 for her contribution. So, um, if you if you don't have any any um, access to that world or connection into it, let me just frame for you that that is a big freaking deal to be a woman and to be a colonel in the military. First of all, to retire, to, to serve long enough to retire and then to be inducted into the hall of fame is, 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 you know, for, for, for those, those of us women who who didn't do that in our military careers, you know, there's so much on respect for that, but that actually wasn't the biggest deal. <laughs> she, she did over 30 years of service, but, um, and we're going to flesh out her story, but her work and um, it's such a remarkable story. Changed how the military dealt with PTSD, and as as we all know, like we take that for granted. Like, of course, that's a thing, and of course they're helping, and of course it's an issue that that's being addressed. But it was not always that way. And so we're going to talk to Jill about what happened in that work. And and I'm just so much an honor of this woman who disrupted reality in her. If, if you've met her, like, she's just, she's this itty bitty little woman. Like, she's so cute. And she, I'm like, I just laughed. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, like, like the world just doesn't see you coming. Like, like she just kind of gets in there and she's feisty and she's strong and, um, just a brilliant delight. And she's married to this remarkable man, Michael Peterson, who also happens to be a country superstar. Like, mm-hmm. anyway, there, there's so much fun and, and our family really, um, is really honored to to, to call them um, friends and, and to and to be able to love on them and so please please join me in welcoming Jill to the show welcome Jill
1: oh that was such a sweet introduction thank you so much that made me feel so good
0: mm, but I mean you've done so much for so many people it's it's absolutely my honor to um, wow I'm getting choked up to um, to present you to our audience and, and just thank you for having the courage.
1: Oh well, Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It was such a mm. treat to meet you when we were at CEO Space. I mean, we, it's, it's like we just were like little Magnus. We got drawn to each other. <laughs> and, of course, with your beautiful daughter and your wonderful husband, it was like, oh, Aww. I think I've known these people before. It was Forever just, and ever. <laughs> um, so I totally love meeting you. Love your book. And we'll, you know, mm. sure we'll talk about that a little bit, maybe. Um, but thank you for just um, allowing me into your space.
0: Mm, beautiful. Well, well, and I appreciate you coming on the show. I know that um, you know Michael's usually in, in the spotlight, and but it feels so important to 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 share your story. Um, and and as we like to here at Superpower Experts, our stories always start with what are your superpowers? I think I've identified a few of them. Uh, I do you that, relate question. To that
1: question. Um, I, I guess that, okay. There's a couple of things that I feel like really um, have helped me. Um, throughout my, and of course, it didn't all happen at once. So these are like experiences built on together. But, you know, really um, the understanding the concepts of making sure I knew how to play, knew how to take care of my health, um, the, the power of compassion. Um, of course, later in life now, understanding about resiliency. And I'm really, and this is a really fun one. And we sort of talked about this before, you and I did, just before you started this radio show, Um, And I use this term vulnerability um, Mm -hmm. is is you were sharing a bit about Neva and just understanding that you don't have to be perfect. Okay, you and I came from a world where mm, perfect was kind of the (laughs) the thing you needed to do to move along. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I really actually understanding that being vulnerable is actually an asset um, so I've turned it into and really understanding how vulnerability allows you to take chances, develop your courage, fail, learn from failure, and get up and go do it again in a in a smarter way. And it's, it makes life so much more exciting than always just living on the edge of, I can't make a mistake. I can't, I can't. And I've... Well, I- we lived that way for a long time, haven't we? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Well, and it
0: makes sense to me on some level that that would be kind of that realization, that real embodiment of that would be kind of this outcropping of the discoveries that you made about, um, trauma in the body and how it works. And, you know, I know a lot of our work here at Superpower Experts was informed by, um, the realization when we saw that if we don't work with people, we we call it you know your, your resonance or your vibration. But mm-hmm. if we don't work people on uh, work with people on what happens inside of their bodies, and and if they're holding stress for too long, and what you know how that has an impact on decision making and what they're creating, um, then then we're missing a huge part of the conversation. When we when we implemented that into our curriculum, everything started to shift. But the idea that you're going to go at this from your mind alone is super erroneous and it's creating problems and disease and mental illness and other things in people. And if we don't address that and if we don't have sophisticated methods for dealing with it, um, we're hurting people. Like we're causing real damage um, if we're not careful. And so I think that it makes sense to me that you would, you would be able to feel that full on release and the freedom and the power in vulnerability and transparency um, that everything that we seek is on the other side of that, um, piece of it, right? It's, it's it's when we enter into the space of connecting with others and being vulnerable and, and, um, and really, you know, allowing others to hold us accountable and being transparent and all that fun stuff that we talk about,
1: everything we seek exists there. Exactly. Oh, I just love how you explained all of that. That was perfect. Well done. Mm. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, indeed. That's it my superpower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just releases all, all of that. Um, so mm-hmm. you can listen to other people's opinions without digging yourself into a hole. Like, No, I'm the only one that's right. And I don't care what you have to say. <laughs> I, I'm at a place now where I can listen to others and say, oh, well, isn't mm-hmm. that interesting? I can I use that as a, as a fun phrase now. <laughs> I don't agree with it it's it's okay i don't have mm. to like you said stress myself out and try mm. and make my point it's either the energy's there or it's not and ultimately i get to, i get to choose that and and mm. i choose peace and not mm. getting just so wound up that it's some um, going to be then detrimental to my other happy superpowers of wanting to play and being very healthy so mm. it all rolls together mm. i love that You know, it strikes me where that really came into play
0: for us was, you know, coming out of counterintel and then going into like due diligence and vetting and business. Somebody asked us one time, they're like, well, how do you kind of exist in the world? Like, aren't you paranoid (laughs) and suspicious? Like, do you have friends? You know, and it was funny because I kind of got this confused dog look like I love people. Like, what are you talking about? And it dawned on me, there's what we had done is in our own personal development is that we had gotten to the point where you know, nothing was a threat, you know, when you're, when you're connected and you're walking your path and you trust in the divine and, and, and you commune with it and and you're, and you're willing to face the stuff that comes up internally, you're pretty much, you know, untouchable from that space. Like there's, there's, there's no threat to your existence because what we look for, for security and safety in the external environment is fleeting, you know, it's not solid and there is no, no promise of, um, that level of freedom, If we look into the external environment first, but in doing that internal work, we had processed through that. And so I was very clear. I'm like, there are certain questions we ask before we make decisions in business or before we make a decision that puts any of us at personal risk. Like there are questions we ask before, you know, Neva partakes in an activity or, or, you know, it's like, it's like, of course you would do do a background check on a baby sitter before you had them watch Mm -hmm. your kid. Like that's a pretty obvious point. But it doesn't mean we can't love the babysitter, even if we don't utilize them, because it just doesn't seem like a good fit. And we even took it beyond the point of, you know, of allowing our minds to go to a place of we don't agree. And it's like, I don't I don't need to agree or disagree until it has an impact on me personally or on something that I'm stewarding or something I'm responsible for. I don't care what you think. Like, that's your opinion. Like that's your business. Like I I'm busy. Like I don't have the energy or the time to concern myself with how you developed your thought process, unless you're paying me to help you work through that. Like (laughs) it's just not that
1: fascinating to me. (laughs) Isn't that great. Isn't it so great that you can discern all that. And yeah, I just, I love everything that you've just said that you, you, well, I guess both of us have really developed a really interesting um, and very healthy toolkit. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because of our careers, <laughs> it doesn't mean that we've taken our careers and just, you know, discounted anybody who wasn't in line with us or now we're doing something different. It's funny how you said the thing about you get that dog look. How many times have you introduced yourself and, you, you know, just said you were in the military and all of a sudden somebody will, it, whether it's um, meant uh, in a playful way or they really mean it, they'll snap to attention and salute. And it's like,
0: <laughs>
1: okay, that's... What? <laughs> who? <laughs> what? <I> mean, where? <laughs> um, but I'm I'm not that. You know, you don't. The, and but of course, we lived that for the our career mm-hmm. time. Um, and there, if there were people that weren't, you know, of our rank, that you know, of course, they they did that. But you know, it's life. It, that's not who I am. It's what I did.
0: You know, Thank and you I love it.
1: how you said that. You know, you bring your toolkit of, you know, asking good questions. And oh yeah, I remember learning this in the military. And oh, let me think about this through. And. Hmm, and just making good decisions, but it's not this precisioned. What most people who haven't spent time in the military think. Oh, everything is just so dress right, dress and <laughs> don't spill anything, <laughs> and stay in line, and don't smile. And it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you, well, that's not us. I treat it. Yeah,
0: I treat it like everything else. In the sense that I believe that all of our experiences, everyone that we connect with, we are we're designed to integrate the pieces from them or from the experience that that we need. In order to kind of stand in our gap to to do our work, right? There, where we've integrated it, and Justin and I are very clear. Big part of that world. One, it taught us amazing skill sets. It, it trained us, right? We certainly got um, sandpapered and polished through that process.
1: Well, <laughs> and um,
0: <laughs> that's my delicate way of putting it. And um, but also the credentialing. Like, there's some serious work to be done in this world. And like it or not we want to know people have walked through the fire and that they've been tested before we rely on them and relax into them with trust. And that, I think that that's a good thing. That's a good check and balance that we have. Now, sometimes those accolades and those, those um, experiences aren't necessarily, haven't necessarily been integrated by everybody and they kind of stop at how they look on paper, but that's for us to discern, you know, what's the gift in it or where, what's the value of it for us, I really want to dive into your story about how all this came to be. Um, and I'm cognizant of the time, so let's take a quick break here. Um, but before we do, why don't we tell people where they can find out more about you and about your your uh, your lovely, um, magnificent husband also? Where can we send
1: them to find out more about you and your journey? Sure. Uh, so my website is This Able Vet. So this, T H I S A B L E V E T, thisableVet.com. This Uh, and so that, yeah, that's my whole website that just talks about things that we've done in my past. And, and, uh, Michael and I are actually, our websites are connected together. So if you went to that one, you'd find him too. But his, but if you went to his Michael Peterson music online, um, you can find him too. So, uh, that's where both of us are found. We're, we're joined at the hip forever and ever. (laughs) Beautiful.
0: Well, and I'm going to tell you, this is all about Jill. So go to Jill's website. She, she's, she's such a beautiful support and love for Michael and his career and wow she doesn't deserve to um for this to just be told so I'm super excited um let's go on a break real quick and then when we come back let's let's share with our audience Um, just uh, the magnificent work that you've done. So stay with us, folks. We're going to be right back.
1: Are you here to
0: change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The superpower net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the net, you get 24-7 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the superpower net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Awesome. You're back. This is the Superpower Up podcast, the Disrupt, Disrupt Reality Series, and we're talking with Jill Chambers about um, her work. Um, in PTSD in the government and I um, mean that just doesn't even do it justice but we're talking about how I uh, we're talking about ideas that change the world so Jill ta- where where do you want to start with this story um, I'd love to give them a background of how you even landed into the space where where you were you were at a decision point right what, what, what were you going to do if you're going to follow you know kind of the career um um, toe the line, or if, if you were going to really push for what you felt was right. What, let's back them up just a little bit before that point and then and then share that process with them.
1: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So what really got me to, in, into all of this was um, at the, at the events of nine eleven. Um I was in the Pentagon at that time. Um, hmm. I was several corridors away from where the plane hit, so I wasn't uh, um, physically injured, um, but we went through an awful lot, myself and my team, in terms of getting people out of the Pentagon and just the horrific day that everybody, in, at least in America for sure, felt that day. So um, unbeknownst to me, um, just based on those series of events and the things that myself and my team went through, and then me personally, it was – so that happened, of course, on 9-11. Um, I was still in the Pentagon and worked there until 2009 – Um, And it never dawned on me that there was anything that was affecting me from that day. I thought it was perfectly normal for everybody in the world (laughs) to Mm. sleep maybe two or three hours a night for nine years and have pretty much reoccurring nightmares of burning aircraft chasing them. You know, Mm. it's just you get caught up in it. You're in a world of, you know, you, you just get the job done. Yeah, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. So you just disregard all of that. There came a point in 2008 As I was transferring from being the protocol director for General Peter Pace when he was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, I stayed on that staff when General Pace left and Admiral Mullen came on, and he had asked me to stay on and become his special assistant for what we termed returning warrior issues. And very specifically, he was concerned about what was going on with our service members who were returning from Iraq and Afghanistan with what we started to term invisible wounds. What was going on? So I spent about 18 months being out in the field talking to our service members and just a variety of incredible professionals in the field of what happens with trauma, brain injuries, resiliency, just pulling all of those ideas together. And the end of of the 18 months, going back to Admiral Mullen, who subsequently sent me over to General Casey to present my information, was, hey, we have got to start talking and making this a conversation about post-traumatic stress. And I say just post-traumatic stress because the word disorder was just not working with the military. It just Mm -hmm. sends a bad connotation instantly. Understanding that the medical field needed to use that word because the DSM-IV and the way they take notes. But in conversation, um, it was wonderful that after they really, I'm honestly, in the Pentagon now, I'm not quite sure you'd ever find anybody talk about post-traumatic stress disorder. They talk about post-traumatic stress. So just <laughs> a about how the language okay. can actually change yeah. the feeling to allow people to maybe start stepping forward a bit to say, okay, I need some help. Well, I want to step in here though a second. Like you roll that off your tongue. Like, like that was
0: easy. That, that was brilliant. Like a guaranteed, I know you and and, and you'll, you'll give credit where credit is due. Like that was intuitively guided. And you had your human self had to be able to piece that together and say, Oh, that makes sense. Right. Because, because even though we get the intuitive guidance, some pieces of us have to kind of get on board with it or our bodies don't do what we want them to do and our mouth doesn't do what we want it to do so it's like you had to reconcile that internally that's brilliant like that in and of itself is enough to say that that's it ding you no, win right you, so you can go sorry. now you you, 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 you succeeded um, really but there's so much more on top of that so i just i just want to like not brush over that that was brilliant
1: oh well thank you very much i appreciate that well, once we um, worked a little bit on the language, it was, um, okay, we need to develop some kind of a program that's going to help um, start to build resiliency um, in the face of adversity. Speaking just, we were just strictly working with our, our military at this point, and this is when I had an opportunity to meet some amazing civilians, Dr. Marty Seligman, who is the, um, who works at the University of Pennsylvania, is what they call the father of positive psychology. and knows- I, say, I know his work. Brilliant. So it's not, you know, in positive psychology, no, it's not, oh, look how pretty the flowers are. It's, you know, it's, it's not that it's <laughs> a way of, it's a, it's a way of behaving and a way of speaking and a way of being that uh, really, like you talk about, changes the energy in the body and his work in the civilian world and what he's done with school children across the, across the world actually has, has been phenomenal. So we brought him to the table. We also brought um, Dr. Richard Carmona, the immediate past surgeon general. Are the- you
0: kidding me? Yes. Yeah, so- oh my goodness. I was in Tucson with him oh, you're and we me. sat on an emergency preparedness committee together.
1: No. Okay. So you know how <laughs> brilliant he is. And you know, he's <laughs> just, he's just so matter of fact. and so cool. oh, he, oh, he is. He he's <laughs> he
0: can control environments just with his breath. Like I was, I just sat in awe of this man going, there you go. Wow. Cause it was some really, I mean, nothing like what you were dealing with, but at a much lower level, some really significant kind of, you know, no shit. Like we got to address this stuff. And he just was like, he just has this gentle, so huge shout out to Dr. Richard Carmona. Like you've obviously impressed
1: two of us and um, brilliant. Yeah. Well, yes, he's just wonderful. So I was able to bring, um you know, after spending time with him and then going back to the Dr. Seligman and back to Dr. Carmona and talking about what we need, to, you know, where can we go with this? and what can we present to the to the military and we're going to start with the army. What can we do? And it was awesome. Uh, so in the process, of, of course, you know, that just doesn't happen overnight, as you can imagine, and especially in the Pentagon, just um you know, trying to get past all the gatekeepers to, you know, get to General Casey to get this meeting, organize everything from from travel to agendas to everybody needs to be on the same sheet of music. You can imagine just trying to piece this all together. Well, ta-da, it happened. It happened in uh, in November of 2008, actually. I brought them together um, for them to present and, and just be a part of this conversation to General Casey. What can we build to begin to actually start number one, talk about post-traumatic stress because this is a huge issue that affects service members and their families and can go on for generations. Where can we start? And, you know, let's let's get something together. And that day, General Casey listened to these gentlemen with just open ears and he, he walked out of his office and it was the first time he did what, and you know what this term is, but they, he did a general officer sends, which means he sent a note to the entire United States Army that said, all right, we are now going to start talking about this and we're going to address this mm. and we're going to really pay attention to what we can do to help our service members, um, when it face, specifically around facing adversity. Mm-hmm. So hence was born the Comprehensive Soldier Fitness Program, which really trains our service members over a 10 day period. Um, on the aspects of being resilient, there are 10 particular skills that they teach. I actually got a chance to finally go to class in 2015. The classes had been going on for five years. And I kept asking, I want to go? I'd like to go. And the war got involved and no, you're not in military anymore. We can't afford to send you. It's like I'll go my own way. I helped create this. I want to be part of this. Dude, that's the military for you. <laughs> it's crazy. And the, so, the, the, I guess the the most amazing piece was I actually shared that little piece of a story to um, a female first sergeant who I had met at a different convention, and she said, "Wait a minute. Of course you can go." Like three days later, I had a seat in the class. <laughs> Leave it to an NCO of first
0: sergeant. Right? <laughs>
1: It just so I was able to go, and I witnessed firsthand wow. how incredible that the, and that 's the why i 'm so passionate about it. I was actually watched there were like one hundred and twenty young men in this class, and meaning young, they were anywhere from e fours to e sixes so probably mm. early twenties to late twenties and as I watched these service members and all of them had had re- very recently returned from deployments anywhere from three to six months. And there was a time where I was looking at them, and I I look at the floor, and you could see their feet just bouncing, bouncing, bouncing like a super nervous or pens or pencils tapping on the desk, and just this very crazy wound-up energy. Um, Of course they had that. It was completely normal. But by the end of the 10 days, we had these – oh, I was just a student. So the instructors, who were phenomenal – had these, these young men coming in. It was one of the tasks that we had every day was to come in and they called it hunting the good stuff. And you had to tell three things that uh, really good things that happened since the time you left Mm -hmm. class until the time you came back the next morning. And all of a sudden you had these young men talking about, Oh, my daughter kissed me on the cheek. And my wife, you know, um, asked me if I'd go to a movie with her just, things that you would that of course these these men are mm-hmm. would you know would never say and all of us well,
0: military men in particular yeah
1: exactly um, mm-hmm. one one very specific one a young man stood up and said my it was her, his son he said my son told me last night that he was happy to have me back and mm-hmm. his son I think was probably nine or ten and so then somebody said what do you mean have you back he said he 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 complimented me for laughing. It's like, wow. So I know it was just incredible. And there's just story upon story. And I I probably can't even do justice to how comprehensive soldiers made a difference. But they've they've morphed it into what they call master resiliency training, which now, you know, it's like the train the trainer thing. And it's It's just
0: funny you should say that I have the book for that. I have the full binder because I ended up connecting. So I don't even remember now who it was. And they had asked me to come in and see what additions I would make to it. And I ended up, um, they, I I think, I don't remember the story, but that we ended up their their section got siphoned off or something happened. Mm -hmm. And I am 99% certain I still have the full
1: workbook for that. Oh, I love that, but is well, if you, have that's it's, crazy, it's, look at how many things we have in common. This is hilarious. <laughs> it is so in depth. It is. It's such a,
0: but, and, and I, and I love the work, but, but first I want to ask you, like, did you sit in that class with like tears in your eyes, like a proud mama? Like, oh my God. Yes, like,
1: <laughs> yes indeed. I did. You know, of course, so all these guys are in uniform and I was in my little civilian little business little outfits. so they had no idea who they were sitting with (laughs) none absolutely not at the very last day of class the instructors who i've known because through dr seligman um Mm -hmm. introduced me and there were some young men that came up and they just they just hugged me and these were men in particular that i actually picked out in class that thought they're not even going to get through this class (laughs) and it was so wrong that's where i saw the power of it and you know not everybody's going to come away with that experience. There's still going to be some naysayers. There's mm-hmm. still going to be some that aren't going to get it. And that's okay because there are some that do. And you know, I also get it. You can't, you just can't help everybody, but you can sure give it the good old college try.
0: <laughs> I love it. Oh, Jill, I, I love you on so many levels. The, um, and i'm i am going to i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out on this there was a point where you had to i mean you you, sa- you say it now in such a beautiful eloquent way and probably because you know you you you've practiced your own re- your own resiliency training <laughs> and everything but but the, the reality is that there are moments in a lot of people's careers in the military and the government where they're faced with decisions about um, whether to make a move that feels in alignment with their own integrity and morals and what's right and what they're being guided into, or they toe the line. And that moment makes or breaks the, you know, so much, not just for the person, but for the organization and for the ripple effect into the society at large. And and I really encourage you to express to the audience, like what that decision point was and how you found it within yourself. Sure. to, to make that. And I know you don't love to highlight your work in that process, but, but I, I, I really want you to, I think that it was magical. And um, it, if nothing else, do it in service to other people who are sitting in that space.
1: Sure. Well, and I know what moment you're talking about, cause we, we talked about this, but <laughs> it was that time in between, you know, we, being with the chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff and really saying that we needed, really needed to face this post-traumatic stress. We needed to talk about this. But so, you know, I did kind of gloss over that. But in between that time of leaving the okay. chairman's office and, and him saying, you know, um, if you believe in this so much, we need to get this over to General Casey and start with the Army. Um, but that uh, it was probably about six weeks before we really got on General Casey's calendar. There were a number of senior officers, um, very senior to me, that were, you know, sit down, be quiet, stop talking about this. This is bad for our army. There's nothing wrong with us. Why are you saying anything about invisible wounds? It doesn't exist. The military's never had that. We don't have that. And it was just that, that constant conversation of, okay, they're older than me and they're senior to me. Are they right? Mm. You know, it's like, you know, they, hmm, uh, and I really, really had to go inside. My my soul and really feel, am I going to go against this grain and really push this, or just sit, like you said, just sit back and go with the flow? And you know, I could you know just stayed in, and, I, and I'm sure at some point, um, at least been thought of for general officer, which is you know kind of a cool thing. But it was like, yeah, no, we. I, it was just one of those things you could I could feel. You know how when you know you're doing something really right, at least for me, like I can feel just this sensation in my body that says no. Mm-hmm. And I know it's, it's, you know, I feel like I, I have, you know, this, this this soul and these guides that are saying, yeah, no, you are you just keep going and, and you're doing the right thing. And and um, it, was very, it was honestly very difficult. But I had a couple of other civilians who were close to General Casey who kept sort of greasing the skids and working schedules and you know we're you know now we're doing the military magic here of okay well how can we do this and working people <laughs> um it was a, it was definitely um, a, a total work in progress to get everybody on the same sheet of music to fire the one shot and that the only one shot we really had was that day to pull everybody together to bring it bring that team in to talk to general casey it was a one and done. It was the shot mm-hmm. and it just, it was meant to be. And when I came away from that meeting and saw what General Casey did and moved forward with steps to really make a difference for our service members, I was like, yes, we did it. At which point I decided to retire so I could go out and work, <laughs> work on this without anybody mm-hmm. knowing what I could and could not do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's funny because Justin and I kind of came
0: to the same conclusion at a certain point that... Um. At least at the time that we left, you know, the structure was just too challenging to try to take on, and and we could move faster and pivot quicker in other arenas, and 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 birth this work in a way that wasn't so impeded. With the knowledge that it always trickles back, you know, there's no there. You, you know, you you always you always have connections regardless. Right. Um, and and I appreciate you sharing that story. And and just so all of you know who are listening. You know, that that's a that's a career breaker. Like not just did she, yeah. she she ended up choosing to leave for sure, but that decision in and of itself, there are you know, people have certainly been creatively um, removed from service for lesser acts. And <laughs> yeah. and if oh, um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it and it's a very, very, very real reality on top of that you know she's kind of blithely say oh you know I got on the general's calendar like I had to get on the general's calendar at one point and it, it's not an easy feat and it kind of goes like fine you have five minutes right. and um you know and you've got a like the pressure of having all of your ducks in a row um, it, it's unbearable at times and you know I had a five minute time slot that turned into an hour because there was some um well Anyway, let's just say that it was a very challenging conversation when you're, when you're uh, chasing down spies and units. And so it was, um, you know, to be the bearer of bad news is never fun, but to be able to say, and, you know, there's something we can do about this, you know? And so, so, but that's a, um, you know, you got to go in, you gotta have, you gotta have some pretty intense intestinal fortitude to, to have some of those conversations. So not only, were you facing the pressure, you know? And it, it is dog eat dog. You know, we were teaching here recently, actually at CEO Space, and someone had asked a question. Um, their son was going into a government kind of um, world and wanted to know how to how to prepare. Him for that or what to offer him, you know, through us. And, and I laughed. I said, you know, the running joke in counterintelligence was always, if somebody's patting you on the back, they're doing reconnaissance for the knife. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, that was the world we came from. And I'm, I'd imagine the Pentagon was a thousand times uh, more challenging in that regard. Um, and so, so you can't possibly understand the pressure of these environments, not to mention um, you're talking about war plans. There's huge, huge, huge money and power involved in those conversations. Um, I mean, it's just the ripple effect is huge, and so we—I I can't possibly overstate the um, the contribution that that Jill made, and and of course, not on her own. And she would never claim that. And her own personal journey really had to come front and center with that. And and it's if nothing else, folks, take take that as courage no matter what you're facing in your life, no matter what decision, even, even, you know, we talked about the freedom of of stepping into those places, but just the, um, we, we all kind of hit that pressure cooker moment and, and your decision in that moment is going to dictate the trajectory that you take next. And, um, you know, Jill's a living breathing example of what walking your walk and being true to that commitment looks like. Um, and so, so it's easy to brush it off and be like, well, yeah, but you know, she was a, a colonel and she was at the Pentagon. And these are, these are things that most of us never even contemplate for ourselves. Um, but it doesn't matter. And she'll be the first to tell you that like in your moment, in your way, in your life, no matter what you're facing, that's the decision, right? And we're going to go with <clears throat> what's easy or what helps us avoid the threat. Or are we going to go walk forward in faith with what we know we've been asked to do and and trust that the tools and the resources and the timing and everything will align to make that happen. And that if we're just courageous enough to be the catalyst, we get to be along for that ride.
1: Oh, again, that is so well said. Yeah. the Part about being courageous and going along for the ride. um, Yeah. When you step out and you just have that faith, you are so absolutely right. Um, And it did manifest itself into some wonderful things. I mean, turning into, you know, recognizing that I had my own post-traumatic stress and didn't even realize it. Mm -hmm. Um, So being, you know, the ability then to get myself healthy, Mm -hmm. get our family and Michael super healthy. And now it really, my, my huge focus now is, you know, the the 10 years before this um, comprehensive soldier fitness was developed, we had just speaking currently, we had 10 years of deployments of service members who never had this. So they, you know, come back. They get out of the military. They go to hometown USA and wonder what in the world is going on with themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what so we did, reach out to those mm-hmm. that um, that didn't have the opportunity to go through this kind of training and help them understand that it's this is perfectly normal. And at the same time, we're reaching the Vietnam veterans who, you know, had none of this. I mean, nobody even spoke of it. Mm-hmm. So it's, you're right, the ripple effect from making that one decision to have that meeting that <laughs> day, case has, has made, a, um, made a delightful difference and, and a positive difference in many people's lives. And that's what we're going to continue to work on and do. Mm. That's so beautiful. Well, know that
0: we are here to support that. Know that, um, you know, you can lean on our community whenever it seems appropriate or in resonance and whatever we can do to contribute to the work that you continue to do and to highlight the work that's been done. Um, we're happy to do that. Um, just a big, big, big thank you on behalf of all of us for, for that work. And, and, and I, you know, you casually um, applauded my book earlier and I want to circle back to that because I can't speak enough about given your background and the work that you've done in trauma and everything else, you know, and I certainly was not a scholar uh, of trauma, but I but I was just like you like working through my own process with it and, and it was out of necessity to be able to tie certain components together And for me It was really recognizing the cognitive aspects of power at that time I didn't even hadn't even scratched the surface of what it had done to my body I just knew I had left it like I was just wasn't in it anymore. Like I couldn't be I didn't know what to do and so um, so 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 that means a great deal to me that, that you read the book and you enjoyed it because it is in my opinion such a superficial kind of um overview of of what I experienced and and what it what I what I was seeing in others um and, and so so I, I I appreciate and I just wanted to to, to thank you for for that um, um it, it's not casual to me at all I, and i and I appreciate um, and it means more to in fact even when I gave you the book I was like, oh my gosh what have I done like like oh. this woman is like brilliant in all these spaces and I'm like here's my my little like this is my take on trauma you know at the time when I wrote it and um and so it means a lot to me that that it was valuable to you in some manner.
1: Well, I you know after I read it, I thought you know I, I'm actually I'm taking taking your book to our Vy's um, convention that we're having in Atlanta. I know we spoke with that uh, about that a little bit when we were together, um, speaking specifically of you and of Neva. So um, I'm going to I, I want to take the book and I want to talk to them face to face about perhaps having being able to celebrate the both of you. But I think, I mean, just because of my background and because you and I are both women veterans, I think that every woman veteran or any woman in the military for sure should read that book. <clears throat> and and then every other woman, but specifically <clears throat> because it meant so much to me and because I've been connected with so many women veterans who would just be enlightened by your book. It's, it's a it's just a, such a remarkable read and it's not so technical like the textbooks I'm reading, right? <laughs> now. What does this word mean? It's as if I was having a conversation with you, mm. which made it really fun and enjoyable. And I just, it's really, it's just a great book. So you, you should make sure that you tell everybody about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sweet.
0: Well, thank you. I, you know, I feel like everybody's getting to witness our little love fest here and it's just, you know, Jill and I could talk for hours, but but, um, you know, if nothing else, folks, take, take the, her story and, and, and allow, it, it, allow it to move through you and give you the strength and the courage to know you're not alone in this. Um, we've been there. We've walked those paths. Like, we're happy to support you. There are organizations that are in support of that. And no matter what you're facing, you know, you do have what you need to step into it. Um, but we're happy to help illuminate that or support you as you do. Um, and, and it's, you know, anyway, so, so Jill, we're going to wrap up, but let's, let's again, direct people to, um, it's you see, this able vet, right. This it, able did vet. I have that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So spe- let's spell it again for folks who are listening. Sure.
1: This dot com
0: Perfect. Well, absolutely brilliant. Jill, obviously I can't thank you enough. And you two are, are, uh, Neva's over the moon. She just loves you both so much. And she, uh, so she's excited to have you and Michael on her show. So be be practicing your funny faces in the mirror. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Michael's <laughs> <that's> funny. So <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, I don't know. I don't know the sequencing of the air dates, but folks, will make sure to cross link these two interviews because, um, you know, Jill, Jill's super fun and, and amazing. And then when you get her with her husband, Michael, and he's just this beautiful light in the world and his gifts and, and his voice and, and how he touches people's lives and just the, oh my gosh, just the... Um, like generous way that he gives of himself, I mean, to to the troops and overseas. I mean, that's a story in of itself. Maybe I'll poke Neva and have her tell the story of how the two of you met. Um, okay. You know, but but regardless, it, you know, we're just so delightful that that our, our um, you know that we're orbiting around each other these days. And um, just thank you so much for coming on. and And I know that you don't often step into the spotlight, so it does mean a lot to me that uh, that you're willing to share this and talk about it. And just continue to be in service to this amazing movement that that you you helped birth into the world. It's pretty
1: remarkable. Well, thank you so much. You are you are just wonderful. I love the way you just made me feel so relaxed and fun. And mm-hmm. it's like you're sitting right here with me in the kitchen. <laughs> Which we should be. Exactly. <laughs> Let's thank make you.
0: that happen. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, beautiful. And to
0: all of you out there, as always, we appreciate your loyalty and we love that you listen to us and make sure you're connecting with us somewhere, somehow go to the website or go to our Facebook group. Superpowers are real or, you know, all all kinds of fun ways. We continue to, um, explore how we can connect with you and assist you and, um, reach out if you need support and you need assistance. We'll put a link to the book. We've got a link. We'll put a link in on the webpage to, um, Jill's site, but just make sure that you you are reaching out and connecting. People, we we can't do it alone. And um, there's all kinds of amazing ways that you can connect in with other people for that level of support. Um, and, and we're happy to. Um, if you are a veteran, make sure that you connect up with Jill and her organization, particularly if you could use additional support. Please, please, please ask for help. Don't sit silently. It's not worth it. Um, connect in. It's not about you being broken or needing healing or needing someone to help you. It's about having the courage to to once again be fully who you are. And for a lot of people, we forget who we are when we're, when we're carrying that level of stress or trauma in our bodies. Um, and there are solutions and they're not painful and they're not embarrassing. And um, it, it's, a, it's, it's important to, to nurture yourself in that way. So please be sure to, to reach out and get assistance with that. Um, Jill, again, thank you to all of you out there. Thank you. Keep walking your paths, find your superpowers, have an impact. And until next time, we love you and we honor your journeys. Take care.